it's good to have Craig Shumway of Honoré joining The Antidote. Thanks so much for coming, Craig. Yes, sir. Happy to be here. How about we start at the very beginning? I'd love to hear about how the band came together. Okay. So the band formed way back when me, Trey, and Lane, the other vocalists and the guitarists here, we met in high school, about ninth, 10th grade, in choir class. And we were all sort of into the same music, uh, the sing, scream, hardcore, emo, post-hardcore kind of sound that was uh, kind of blasting off in the early 2000s. And so we kind of had a bond over that. We we started a little, uh, you know, high school band that emulated those sounds and bands um, and, you know, started writing some original music together. And, you know, years passed and we all graduated and so forth and kind of went our own separate ways for a little bit. I myself got involved in a pop punk band with one of my friends down in Sarasota, Florida. And through that band falling apart, Trey, Lane and I sort of all convened down there to kind of evolve what we had started with originally in high school and uh, write some new music together and just kind of see where things took off. So we ended up writing, I would say, probably 10 to 15 songs down there. And then, you know, a tragedy happened in Lane's family. uh, Consequently, he moved back to where we had all met here in Arkansas. And then we followed him to continue the music and, you know, to keep the dream alive. And now Honoré has a big crew, six players. That's right. Yeah, we're we are a six-member outfit, and uh, it, it's definitely fun. And we've kind of Memphis kind of taken us in as as our hometown, our sort of base of operations, and where we play most of the time. Well, if you can actually remember all their names, what about telling us about the band members and their duties? So Trey Mullins, he's the guitarist, writes a ton of the music. Uh, Blaine Grant, uh, he's the other vocalist in the band. He does most of the screaming that you'll hear on record and, you know, at the shows. Um, we have Landon Terry, the other guitarist. He's Trey's cousin. He takes up the helm and, you know, does a lot of lead playing as well. Um, Zach Nagy, he's our bassist. He hails from South Haven, Mississippi. Crazy guy. <laughs> he's, uh, he's the wild card of the bunch for sure. <laughs> And then uh, we have Alex Washam, who is the drummer. And he also provides some unclean vocals as well, uh, doing some screaming from from behind the kit. You've really got to explain the name Honoré. There must be a reason for calling it that. Yes. Oh, okay. So Honoré is actually a street name in Sarasota, Florida, where the band had started. We were sort of just driving around after riding one day, uh, either to or from a restaurant or something, and we crossed Honoré, and, uh, you know, all day long, probably for a couple days, we were just kind of bouncing around band name ideas, and Trey was actually like, well, what about Honoré? And uh, the street name doesn't have the accent over it, but we were like, oh, man, people from out of town will never know how to pronounce this. So we (laughs) we threw the accent on there, and still we're called, you know, Honor this and that but it's it's okay <laughs> so we, we we're rolling with it just to carry on your band is still relatively new but you guys didn't waste any time putting out your first release versus came out in 2019 and from what i've read that was just a year after the band started now was that ep like a training ground for the band yes so the ep ursus 
those songs kind of came about in that transitional phase where we were trying to figure out just what Honoré was, uh, me popping out of that pop punk band and taking a lot of influence still from that sound and us riding together. Um, if you listen to Ursus, you'll probably hear some pop punk influence. You know, those songs are what the band formed around, you know, as an outfit collectively, because those songs, they came about with just Trey, Lane, and I as the writers. And then when we kind of rebased up here, the other guys had to learn that music and, um, you know, learn how to embellish it and, you know, add their own little flares and flavors to to you know what we established together us you know having written with each other for so long and creating these songs and then uh yeah we sort of just took that and uh used that as kind of a catalyst for what we are going to try to aim towards sound wise uh in in later releases including this one that's coming up june 25th well now i'm a bit of a wildlife buff and i know that ursus means bear and the EP also includes the song Hibernation. So you were trying to give a message by connecting those two? Yes. So the whole, I would say, theme of Ursus behind the, the lyrics of it, Ursus was written in a time of, uh, I guess you could say, hibernation. And it was just a time where trying to form this band and trying to create something from nothing or something from like remnants of music and ideas that we had when we were back in high school it was the idea of like okay we're in the cave right now we're fattening up and uh recharging and trying to you know hopefully come upon a spring in our lives where we'll emerge from this cave big strong roaring ready to go king of the forest kind of thing and evolving at, at a personal level to something to revere and something to stand up for and to, you know, trudge on towards the band at spearheading it. It was just the, the spirit of everything just kind of made sense to use bears or, or just that analogy with it. Well, going back to the point that I raised earlier about being sort of newish band, this is a really congested music scene. So how difficult is it for Honoré to find a place in it? Um, it's definitely a learning experience, uh, you know, becoming the outfit that is playing live shows, kind of pulling a team together. It, it's a growing and learning process. We're starting to find out more about the local scene here in Memphis, Little Rock as well. We're kind of dipping our toes in uh, as half the band lives in Arkansas still. Uh, so we are kind of doing this double state thing with that. But the post-hardcore emo scene is it's it's a very like niche genre of music, but still quite a community around it. Um, we are just trying to write the the songs that that are missing from the world, or write lyrics and melodies that they sound familiar, but they're brand new. You know, they're writing music that's nostalgic, but it's original, uh, and is just gleaning from other artists that we're inspired by and trying to put our face and take on it and crack into the Memphis's scene for that, which is, it's coming along great. Um, it's definitely encouraging us and keeping, you know, us passionate about all the creating that we're doing behind the scenes. You mentioned about post-hardcore being sort of a niche 
But realistically, isn't every genre niche nowadays, unless you're pop, <laughs> which just swamps the whole scene? Yes. There's so many genres anymore and so many different umbrellas of sound. And, you know, you have bands like, you know, A Day to Remember, Dance, Gavin Dance, Emery, Hawthorne Heights that are taking it and running with it, playing arena shows. My Chemical Romance is extremely in demand internationally. <laughs> uh and, um, you know, those are ginormous titans of outfits that we look up to. But at the same time, we have to have that self-realization that we are rather new and we're not starting in in the time frames and in the communities that those bands did. So it's just a matter of like scrapping together everything that we can and resourcing and team building and getting this to be something, you know, massive in our area first. It's challenging, but uh but we're having a lot of fun getting it together. Well, I think one standout point that gives Honoré a unique sound, it's the difference between the vocalists. I mean, the clean vocals are so smooth and high, and the growls are so raw. You really hear that on the song Tusk and Beehive from the Ursus EP. Was it just luck, though, that you ended up with two very different vocalists? Uh, I, I would say so, man. I, I, it was a happy coincidence, and uh, I'm blessed to have Lane there as my right hand up on stage. It's kind of like this uh, Jekyll Hyde thing that we got going on. The guy's got a great set of pipes. He's He's got kind of that lower, raspy, punchy kind of rock vocal. Uh, we kind of picked up on the, the vocal chemistry in choir and in forming you know, that band back in high school, we kind of realized like, oh, I kind of got this like high poppy thing going uh, and you kind of got the punchy rock thing going and the harmony, you know, when harmonizing, it, it's, you know, peanut butter jelly. So uh, Lane was the first guy that Trey and I thought of to help us get this band going just for that left and right, you know, sort of chemistry thing that, that we got going on. I appreciate that, by the way. I suppose we should bring this talk up to date because Honoré releases your first full length, The Human Experience, on June 25th. That's right. This album is a lot more polished than Ursus. Yes. Were you purposefully looking for that kind of a change? Absolutely. You know, just an ongoing goal for the band is just to, to keep trying to fortify our own uh, individual efforts at getting better at what we do as creatives, as business people, and so forth. And so with the human experience, we really wanted to have the songs be reminiscent of what we brought to the table with Ursus, but to also push us forward into an unreleased catalog of songs that we've staged for even after the human experience. And our writing process is wild, uh, as we've written songs years ago that are still to be released after the human experience. But um, with this release, it being full length, you know, we, we have a repertoire of songs compiled that we were trying to kind of figure out a release strategy with. Are we going to do single? Are we going to do another EP? But it kind of gelled out to where Trey cranked out, I want to say like five, six of these songs, like back to back, um, brand new, you know, off the cuff. And they all kind of sounded like each other and had the same sort of, um, you know, flavors as each other. So we chose to go ahead and make it a full length and then to go a step further as Ursus was self-produced, mixed and mastered in-house by Trey. 
um, that we were going to outsource the mix and mastering for the human experience. We did so with our buddy Nathan Cluse, and he's been a great big help. He definitely took our sound and just made it very much more full and in the direction that we want to be going towards in, in growing our sound. I do have to say that Honoré often doesn't make the songs easy to decipher. So you're not intending to make your message obvious? Yes. Uh, many of our lyrics are, are very much so subjective, at least in whole. Uh, the way that I write a lot of my parts, I'm trying to stray away from, from this kind of writing in our newer material. But for the human experience, it was more so of a line-by-line line impact and sort of painting a visual picture line-by-line. Line. Few of our songs in that album have a foundational like thesis. There are some that do, just wear it right on the sleeve. The other ones are more so, take it in and tell me what you think about it. Because of the line-by-line uh, line delivery, that's just sort of how those songs shook out. Some of them have like an, you know, an umbrella theme or like a backdrop theme or um, a message. Some of the lyrics are to highlight maybe like a feeling in the music at that particular point of the song. But mainly the human experience is collectively just me and Lane sort of detaching ourselves away from our individual lives and uh, worries, memories, experiences, things that we got going on and sort of click out a perspective and look at the human experience as a, a, a very biological thing, just humans as, as a being or as a, um, an entity there, and the experience of being human, um, and sort of breaking that down in a way that is not so personal, but more so broad and for sort of for the epiphanizing of like, getting outside of your own worries, your own feelings and everything, and just kind of having that sondering moment of, you know, being a part of a race, being a part of a species, what that entails, what, what you're signed up for being that. Then are you formally calling the human experience like a concept album or at least with a theme? Yeah, I would say it's thematic or concept. Yeah, sure. It, it's just sort of a clicked out look at, the experience of being human, but not your personal experience, <laughs> just the experience, I guess. Uh, but we really do hope and think that people will relate to it and uh, certain moments will hit somewhere down deep and there will be little tiny moments within this record that maybe not necessarily inspire change in someone, but maybe help somebody epiphanize something within themselves to get through a hard time or uh, or to get through their realization that they're going to die someday as sobering and, you know, dark of, of that that is. It's also encouraging if you, if you take that and look at the beauty of it, you know, that you only have so much time and the preciousness of certain things, as opposed to others, the things that you hold important over others, the time that you spend and just kind of looking at that man from like a, like a third person kind of popped out point of view to where you can look at it and hold it in your hand and, spin it around and really check it out. I don't know, like a psychedelic experience. <laughs> <laughs> but it is an interesting idea. Thank you. Now, a moment ago, I spoke about some of the songs not being very obvious, but there are some that are a bit clearer, like the album opener, Dreams of a Better Place. 
about a relationship that's kind of disturbing. Because it sounds like the narrator is needing his partner to draw him out of a dark place. Or, or am I totally screwing that up? No, yeah, no, you're on the money. Uh, it, it is one person out of an item or a couple that is found themselves in a place of kind of mental turmoil and self-destruction, self-realization, uh, panic attack. The first part of the song is very slow, dreamy, and hopeful. Uh, there's kind of that double vocal part uh, where Elaine and I are both singing that is still kind of like on the lighter side of that message. But then, you know, it descends into a darker and heavier place. And it gets at the end to where, you know, Lane and Alex are both screaming over one another. Yeah, it, it gets it gets pretty serious in a point of vulnerability. Lane did a great job uh, piecing that that last part of the song together. This is really a serious album. It's the human experience. It's not a happy experience. Yep. Like, I would say that probably the happiest sounding song in the record is Size of a Soul. And that song even, like, is, like, happy, major key, and, you know, pop melodic. The chorus may or may not be. We still have that element of seriousness at the end of it, where the last line of Size of a Soul on the record says, so it seems we all say, I'm only human, but what's the size of a soul? The phrase, oh, I'm only human, but uh, the soul is a, a giant thing. It's eternal, it's immeasurable. And its value is incomprehensible. You know, we're kind of just shelled in this body. We really did want to just blast people with as many like, wow, that's a really weird way of self-realization there, or a really weird way to think about that. We have so many of those throughout this record. It's almost forcing you to look in a, a figurative mirror. I gotcha. Another song that I've really been getting into is Watching the Earth Breathe. And, you know, yes. I don't tend to think of the planet as a living being, even though it is. Father Time does his thing, weaving the beautiful decay. He makes all the seasons change, watching Mother Earth breathe as she sleeps. And then I heard him hum and sing. I have to know where that idea came from. Yes, so how Trey wrote that song musically was he sort of had the whole thing shelled out, pieced out, and it was more or less given to me as like a karaoke track. Um, <laughs> sure, why not? <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I, bang, it was it was already for me to go. And I think it was like the third or fourth one I wrote on the record. Um, but I sat down and listened to that instrumental over and over and over again and just try to visualize something up in my brain as I'm listening to a picture it to help me. Mm, what am I feeling? What am I seeing? What am I getting from this piece of music? And how can I flesh that out with my words? Um, so weirdly enough, I just had this like, I, I don't know, it was probably had to do with what I was experiencing at the, the time of writing, or, you know, when all this was going down, which at that time was a lot of talk with my closest friends and stuff like that about time, uh, time as a concept, time as a measurement, time as uh, how it's relative to us as people and humans. And how it's it's a very beautiful thing. It's a very mysterious thing. You'll catch yourself all the time, like, you know, or you'll hear others talking about, 
oh, I'm so old or, you know, oh, you remember back then, way back when. And just the, <laughs> the, 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 con- the concept of time and how much it affects us, how we're always waiting for something. We're always waiting for, you know, success or someone, people or, you know, we're waiting or, you know, it, time is so impactful for us. So I was just drinking all that in and really mulling that over at that time. And in media and storybook cartoons, all throughout growing up, Father Time's always been this old grandpa, you know, with like a Merlin beard and all this. So I just kind of had this like mystic visualization of this old guy weaving time together in its entirety, like a giant spider web kind of thing. Um, all the while, Earth has this seasonal waxing and waning and breathing and inhale, exhale of like winter, summer, you know, frost. And then, um, what are you talking about? You live in the South. You don't even know about winter. <laughs> oh, I was going to say it's completely different for y'all. The only way I can even get even a remote idea of you guys watching letter, Kenny, <laughs> that, I mean, I, I know it's, it's supposed to be crazy cold up there. Arkansas's weather is, we'll experience all four seasons in the same day sometimes. <laughs> But uh, yeah, man, so that song really is just kind of dissecting time. I did personify Father Time, Mother Earth, and watching Mother Earth as she sleeps was kind of like watching Earth like in a wintertime, fall time, where it's dormant, quiet, still, you know, whatsoever, uh, kind of alluding the seasons changing to waking and sleeping. And the song does speak about death. Break down to carbon and feeling, the soul begins to crack and quake. And then it says, save some salvation for me. Isn't there enough salvation for everyone? Yes, yes. So that's sort of like the personified cry of Mother Earth. Like, salvation is achievable to anyone seeking that. Um, Strongly encouraged to do so. But yeah, that line and song does speak about death and salvation as well. Yeah, uh, which is kind of a motif with Honor A. We do speak about salvation and our faith here and there in songs. Uh, I don't think we're necessarily branded as a Christian band, but we are a band that has Christians in it. So, and that is reflected in our music just because Lane and I lyrically just try to keep it as honest as possible. And we don't cut any of the fat out when it comes to what we write. And we want to write close to the chest with that song. We couldn't really talk about time and the reflection of that without mentioning salvation in there somewhere. (laughs) So you would be okay if someone did label you as a Christian band? Or do you not want to carry that type of baggage? Well, I would just say that writing-wise, we'll just say it. We'll say it for what it is. So there are songs that we have that are explicit, that have swear words. Um, Personally, I don't believe that negates what I believe in regards to my faith. I'm very human. Um, I do strive to be the best me I can be. Uh, but I am also aware enough to believe that, you know, I, I fall short, I make mistakes, I'm flesh and bone, and my writing reflects that. I truly would have a problem writing ingenuinely and writing something that is not me. So that's where you will get with Honoré an album that has explicit track and then a track that, you know, alludes to faith or alludes to heaven or prayer, just because both things are a part of my life, you know, something could affect me so much that a swear word was written in that lyric for a reason because the emphasis or the emotion or the feeling that it 
sort of piggybacks along with it. But at the same time, we're still true enough to ourselves to where we're not afraid of writing about what matters to us. Some people, this life is forever long. Some people, it's a blink of an eye. So our faith is one of the few things that we, you know, hold true and hold higher than everything in our lives. I do want to bring in a question about Forge One Better. It says, I was looking for a reason to live last night, something to give me substance. I take and take and take. I'm never satisfied. It's not enough. It never is. Is life that negative? Like, does this actually sum up the human experience? No, I would say that, okay, so Forge One Better is a song that does have a theme. And it is the struggle between flesh and spirit with the human. So later on in that song, it'll say, save me, uh, save me, save me, which is sort of that, like the flip of a coin. Mm-hmm. You have this spiritual save me. You know, I feel like I need saving. Um, like I'm a lesser being. There's something greater there and I need saving. And then the sate me, which is the flesh, like very much so being, being quelched by desires and, you know, whatsoever uh temptations things of the flesh things of you know the secular uh desires stuff like that so that particular part that you had mentioned the uh i was looking for a reason to live last night something to give me substance um lane is the author of that portion of the song and that part is a very um very vulnerable broken it's sort of a human just kind of sitting in the waste of uh, achieving their desires and the reward that comes with that, which is just wanting more. It's kind of a hollowed achievement. We just wanted to have that insatiable fleshly ashamed human to confront the listener with that part of themselves because there's something shaking about that. That might not have ever had to look at the mirror at that part of themselves or something. Invulnerability in writing and staying true to ourselves, you know, speaking from what I know from what Lane's told me in creating that, um, you know, he was had a really hard portion of his life in mind uh, writing that, that sort of embellished my idea of the whole flesh spirit tug of war thing that that we were trying to conceptualize within that song. Well, listen, Craig, I got to thank you for coming for this talk and listen, have good luck with the human experience. Oh, man, it's my pleasure. It was a blast talking to you, and uh, I definitely look forward to releasing that. I, I appreciate it, man. It's, it's going to be fun. June 25th, everyone. You have a great night.